Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. Today, I'm talking with Tom Bean from the Irish utility ESB. Tom's responsible for innovation and new products for ESB's customer-facing businesses. Now, as regular listeners will know, I think the challenge for utilities and energy retailers to become more customer-led, to develop compelling products and services for customers, this is one of the biggest challenges of the energy transition. So I'm really excited to be talking with Tom today to explore how ESB is rising to these challenges. Hello, Tom. Hello, John. How are you? Good, thanks. And thanks for joining. Um, Tom, for our listeners that don't know ESB, can you start by giving us a few facts and figures about ESB and maybe focusing on your customer-facing business? Sure. So uh, we're effectively the state utility uh, formed in 1927. So we're we're nearly coming up on 100 years. Um, and we've got, you know, about 30% share of the generation market here, mid, mid-30s. We have uh, we own the distribution. The ESB Group own the distribution network, uh, own the transmission network operated by Airgrid, and the customer solution business uh, has about uh, about 1.2 million customers, about a million residential, uh, and a couple of hundred thousand business. So, so we're the, we're the largest utility in Ireland. Uh, we've been going for for nearly a hundred years, uh, and we've recently launched a, a really exciting new strategy, which hopefully we'll get to talk about. Okay, well, give us a strategy, the title of the strategy to tempt our listeners into here. Yeah, so the, the, the title of the strategy is just fantastic. And, you know, if you wanted to work in an organization that had it, it's, it's, it's net zero by 2040. So our objective is to try and get, you know, all our generation fleet to net zero by 2040. Now, that's such a huge task and such an ambitious task. And, and really, if you look at what's happening across the globe, it's 10 years ahead of where, you know, lots of other people are, are trying to get to. So so we're excited about that. I think the whole organization is really fired up internally uh, about, uh, about getting it done. And um, yeah, me, I'm just lucky. I have a super job and I, I hopefully play an important part in, in getting to that target. So Tom, your role in this, your your formal job title is Director Innovations and new products for your customer-facing businesses. Um, put the formal job title to one side. Tell us a bit about your role in this mission that you just described. Yeah, so I'm 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 not a big fan of titles, um, and you know that's that's more of a kind of a working title I use to try and describe to the outside world what I do. But really, you know, what do I do? What is my job, and what does I see it? So my role, I guess, is kind of the three E's as I see it. Um, really, I've got to try and engage people around the uh, the challenges we have around getting to zero and to carbon neutral. So that's a huge bit around both engaging our internal people um, and our customers, our internal staff and our stakeholders. So that's really one of the first really E's that engage. The other bit is um, educate. So what we really want to do is educate both internally and externally. Um, I go to dinner parties and I'm, you know, when I worked at Vodafone years ago, I was, you know, I went in the table and we were talking telecoms and people were telling me things would never happen. And of course, it's exceeded my imagination. On Saturday night, it was a huddle around heat pumps. 
and my and my wife kind of going, oh my god, somebody's asked him the wrong question. You know, it's time to get out. You know, <laughs> the, the, the the babysitter will will be will be on the clock. No, but on on a serious note, I think we have a huge amount to do. Um, to educate the utilities have a have a real responsibility to educate what it really means to get to net zero and what it means for for people and then the final thing that I spend my time doing kind of internally is the enable so providing products and services that are moving us to net zero and providing not just technical but financial products as well and, and connected products to get there so I, I kind of those three e's are the things that that i focus around which is that engagement the education bit uh, and the enablement can i come back to that mission for a second so you said decarbonize esv's generation fleet entirely yes. by 2040 now the energy transition, as you know, involves both big assets on the utility side of the meter, but a huge transformation on the customer side of the meter as well, on heat pumps yeah. and homes, on solar panels on roofs and so on, and energy efficiency. So what weight within ESB is the majority of the focus very much on your own assets and generation? How, how much, maybe ask the question another way, how much focus is there on enabling customers and working with customers to decarbonize their homes, their businesses, to get those assets behind the meter? Yeah, so we've been on this journey for quite some time um, in, in terms of trying to electrification. So I see this decade, you know, actually, I, I think it's going to be the two decades of the electrification of everything. And clearly, if our assets and our generation assets, and that's just not our own, but the entire system's generation assets, don't all get to net zero, um, then you know we're 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 not accelerating fast enough. So so that is a precursor, although not the responsibility of this the bit of the business I work in. What we're trying to do really is just I guess electric, electrify as best we can people's lifestyle. Two big axes that we look on is the electrification of transport and the electrification of heat. You know, the average home in Ireland uses you know eleven thousand kilowatts of heat, and it uses about just under 4,000 kilowatts of electricity. So, so the huge prize here is heat. It's a, it's a massive prize. Um, and we really, really need to electrify it. And, and the way we see that happening primarily is around heat pumps and people um, obviously being energy efficient in their homes. Because if we, if we don't kind of shore up the holes in the homes, it doesn't matter how much energy you pump out of it, it's still going to come out. And we need people to live in warm, comfortable homes. So our focus is on educating people right now. I think we're in the educated, uh, the education phase, engage phase, I think it's, it's, it's got there. Certainly the the recent crisis has accelerated that because there's a cost implication. But I, I think we've now come into a really good you know, a, a Goldilocks spot where we, we've really arrived at a place where I think people believe it's the right time now to start making changes. And I think we're starting to see that happen. Well, I was going to ask you, Tom, in terms of the market for electrifying customers, help customers heat their homes, their transport, making homes more efficient, whether how much you see this as a pull market or a push market? And I guess that depends on that spectrum of engage, educate, enable. So is it more push? Is it more pull? Do you think in those dimensions? Well, based on the dinner party on Saturday night, it's <laughs> it's it's very close to vertical uphill, and it's a push. Um, because people are still about actually nervous about heat pumps. I don't know what it is, but you know, once a story gets out about you know a heat pump not working or it was installed incorrectly or it wouldn't heat your home, I think a lot of people get very very nervous. And clearly, we need to make sure that we we 
address that. So I think let's just call just let's focus just on heat. I think there's still a huge challenge and this huge you know that education piece to do around heat pumps. Um, I have a heat pump in my house for the last eight years. You know it works really well. I actually feel really good that I don't use gas, even though, you know, our, our electricity network is still at about 400 grams per, per kilowatt hour. So we still do have, have a grid that, that needs to be reduced. But that's that's actually down from, you know, over a thousand when you go back to 1990. So we're yeah. we really are making this difference. And, and so I think this market right now still remains a real, real push market. I think government incentives are good. They're, they're, they're focusing us on that and um, there are really great grants in ireland for putting in heat pumps so i think we're, we're we're getting there but i would say if you ask me push or pull it's easily push yeah okay and how do you respond to that then as a because you're a, a retail business you've yes. got to make things stack up commercially yes you might have a mission but you're still yes. bottom line counts so how do you square having if you were purely purely money driven you might yeah. look at a vertical push market and walk sure. away from it but that's not your mission so how do you attack that while remaining competitive in the retail market and while making things stack up on the bottom line yeah so we we try to put our customers and, and think customer you know first in in all the things that we do and and how does this all square up really so we've tried a couple of things, let's say on solar, um, where we've actually financed the solar installation. So we, we've done it ourselves, where we've basically said to customers, um, you know, put a solar uh, panels, put you know, two, three kilowatt, four kilowatt solar panels on your roof, pay 20% up front, um, and then pay the balance over 36 months. That has been really successful. Now we're in the process of looking at, and we think that'll work for heat pumps as well. I mean, it's just, it's just the finance. But, but where we need to go is that that's not where we want to deploy at a group level our capital. Um, not saying we won't spend some, but we really want to deploy it at, at other things, maybe more commercial side of things in terms of going more digitized. And certainly at a group level in terms of building out a grid network and building out our generation plant. So that's the deployment of capital that we see happening there. What we now need to do is, if you, and, and I think this enables it hugely, is, is finance. It's going to be all about finance. And where I see that coming really important, there's a great report, a Canadian report by uh, Towers, Wilson, Watson, whatever they're, whatever they're called now. The basically simple thing they were saying that, you know, it's 25, 27 times more effective to direct your pension towards green investments than it is to, you know, to stop flying, going vegan, you know, watch out how you use water. So yeah. it's on the wrong things here. So so if we, we think about the finance bit a little bit, and I've just kind of wandering off a little bit there into pension funds. If you look at what's going to happen with the market, the, the banks will have ESG initiatives. And they want to, I guess, decarbonize or green their loan books. And a fantastic place to start is to start with the heating in a home. It, it, it is, it is, it's got to be the number one place. And so we're in discussion with some of the banks in Ireland around about how do we finance this? So how do we, you know, make this work? Now, it's it's a hard conversation when prices of energy are going up. We have inflation going up. People's mortgages are going up. Price of food is going up. So, so we're we're kind of in a tricky, hard place for massive adoption, especially when people are talking about spending tens of thousands of pounds or even five thousand pounds. So, I think we we're trying to get ready. We're trying to get ready so when it, the, the pressure comes off a little bit, and so when the prices hopefully start to drop a bit when inflation comes back, that we'll be ready with the right products and propositions 
for our customers to actually be able to decarbonize themselves. You've still got to turn it into a compelling proposition for customers, though, haven't you? Because the finance removes that upfront barrier. But those that dinner party story uh, you recounted around heat pumps and oh, you know the the oh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, yep. First of all, heating can be a distressed purchase. People try and do it at the lowest possible upfront cost. They want to do something quick, risk-free, or minimize what they perceive as the risks. So how does that come back to the educate part of the three E's that you talked about at the beginning? Can you give us a flavor for some of the things you're doing to help um, make this less of a push at the moment? I think that I guess one of the things we're doing, I guess, is that finance bit. So that does yeah. help with the with the process. There are also, um, I, I think there's somewhere in the region about 300,000, 400,000 heat pump ready homes in Ireland. In other words, what we measure them is a thing called a heat loss indicator, which says if you put a heat pump in, your house doesn't lose so much heat that, it, you know, the heat pump won't work because yeah. without becoming the engineer here on the call, you know, it's all about a system that's a, a, a your house. And what you're trying to do to heat it is you have to put in energy faster than the house loses it. The most important thing you do is energy efficiency. Really, really, that's where you have to start. And, and we've another side of our business in our retail side where we've, you know, teamed up. Um, we, we've kind of, I, I guess, invested in an organization that was already doing this. So we've got we've got Electric Ireland Superhomes. And what we do is we do full retrofits. So that is external insulation, you know, attic insulation, heat pump um, and whatever the customer needs. So 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 that is one way to go about doing it. But we could only do so many where, you know, we're not we're not builders. Yeah. Where I think we play a, a very important role, and that's for us to to, to work to as well, is, is policy. Um, is, you know, we need to stop installing gas boilers, you know, no new homes. Um, I, I don't know what sure what the date is for the cutoff of gas boilers in Ireland, but, you know, we, we should not be putting in gas boilers. We sh- definitely shouldn't be putting in oil boilers. And I think the, the key here is really that education piece, because I think once people realize we, we come up with this phrase, get on the curve. In other words, we have a decarbonization curve. It is going to zero or it'll be going as close to zero as you can. Yeah. Get. There's going to be some niggly gas there that will be very difficult to displace at the end. You know, hy- hydrogen is the hero here. So I think once we, we, we communicate clearly to customers, I think the early adopters will basically say, I've done it like I put in solar 15, 16 years ago when it costs about five times, four times more than it does now. But I really, you know, you see a lot of people saying, oh, that's really good. And, you know, and oh, I'm going to do it. I've got some spare cash and and I'll do it. What you're going to see, hopefully, over the next while, what I'm going to experience at dinner parties, I'm not going to be the only side of the table. (laughs) I'm going to have one of my friends and they'll be saying, do you know what? I put in a heat pump as well. And you know what? Maybe right now it's the same price or it's a little bit less or whatever it is. But I really feel good that I'm on a decarbonization journey. And, and I think that is going to become the lingua franca way more around, you know, the early adopters will actually talk less about cost and more about decarbonization. And, and I think that's we're, we're trying to get into the ear of people. So one of the big things that we're doing is we're redirecting our brand to those messages. So, you know, our brand communications, you know, on the bill communications, email communications, you know, around about this transition that we're going through and why people need to be part of it. And, and that's very exciting um, for, for us to be involved in. Skura, you said you're at the beginning, you're engaging, educating and enabling or doing part of those things with your own teams internally as well as externally. Yeah. And if I wind the clock back, I can remember actually first convers- 
doing some work with one of your ex-colleagues at ESP on heat pumps several years ago. And that was, I think, the beginning of ESP's learning curve on heat pumps. So if we go back to seven, eight years ago, heat was probably not something that was talked about at all at, at, at ESP. How, how much work do you still need to do internally to build the capacity, the knowledge, the enthusiasm, the motivation around decarbonizing heat in customers' homes? Uh, lots. I think we've got. I think we still have to do lots, and I think that will be the same for any utility to answer. I think we've, 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 we'll always have lots to do. By the way, I don't think it'll ever yeah. not. But I, I, yeah. I do think that you know we have to um, educate everybody. We have to educate our, our salespeople. We have to educate our marketing people, our finance people, our HR people. So we have to educate. You know, so when we're trying to recruit somebody in, and somebody's got heap up experience, we have to be able to say the reason we want to bring them in is this is the future. Same for business cases. That, as you said, you know, how do you put business cases together when you're being trying to be commercial and you might lose money? You know, some of the early business cases it might not have the same return on investment or harder rates that we had in the past for for different products. But but we have to go there. And, and, you know, are we going to be the early adopters? Yes, we probably are. Um, yeah. Are we going at the bleeding edge? Well, we're going to be probably pretty close to it. But you're not, you can't set yourself a really exciting, demanding, stretching target of getting to net zero and, and not have a little bit of pain on the front edge. So, so I think we're going to do it. I think there is still a lot of, of internal, and I think it's it's the, the the pushback has gone away. You know, nobody's kind yeah. of saying, "Tom, stop talking about heat pumps," um, as, as an example. But you know, people are saying, "So, what, how can we help you? What do you need? You know, what does it look like from an IT system point of view?" Obviously, we've got over a million, uh, one point million, one million smart meters in Ireland, um, and we're launching tariffs on the back of those to allow for you know top ups, that mainly aimed at electric vehicles at the moment. But but you can see that. That, you know, a heat pump is probably the best way to, you know, dispatch curtailed wind if you had a, if you had a chance, yeah. including charging up a car. So, so we can go down that flexibility route, and that brings in another a whole load of other discussions. But I, I think we've a we've a lot of work to do. Uh, I don't anticipate this being easy. Um, I don't think this is not, this is not going to be. Excuse me, John. Just this is not going to be like it was back in Vodafone, um, in the uh, late nineties, two thousand, where you just couldn't get enough enough Nokia phones to sell. It's not that type of yeah. sale. This is yeah. long, hard, interdecade challenge that we need to kind of address. So I've got two follow up points I'd like to discuss, Tom, on that. One is, I take your point that you always need to educate. Education will never stop, but. If I think simplistically on a one to 10 scale where 10 is you're fully educated ESB around heat, heat pumps, it's part of your DNA. It's part of what everyone thinks about. One is you're at the very beginning of that journey and no one knows what a heat pump is. Heat? Why are we talking about heat? Where would you say you are on that one to 10 scale at the moment? I think we're six, seven. Eight, maybe six, seven. I think we're well up there. I mean, as part of our group strategy, uh, we called out that we would connect one million heat pumps and one million one million heat pumps and electric vehicles to the grid. That's our grid company, you know. Yeah, so they're not all from your retail business, but a big chunk of them will be. Yeah, half them in theory, or some, or some, some, something around that will be from half it. And and what we're really trying to work out now is exactly what do we do? So is our capital best deployed in installing heat pumps? Is our capital best deployed educating and putting pros, uh, putting you know um, incentives in place, yeah. or is it best like just tariffs where we say it makes complete sense for you to use electricity to heat your home and you uh, in clearly using a heat pump? Yeah. So we're 
we're working through this. We don't have the answers, okay. but we know where we're going, which is, I think, important. And when you've got a challenge that is, as you described, really hard, it's going to take several years, the product's not going to fly off the shelf like a, like a Nokia mobile phone, the, the leadership at the top of the organization needs to be committed and maintain that commitment and to to get through the the pain points being on the bleeding edge to be resilient around that commitment now some of your leadership colleagues might be listening but (laughs) characterizing tom would you say you have that in esb when did that happen or is that a journey the leadership team's on so i think we have always um, just by our very dna and our very nature have been an integral part of irish society I mean, you know, we were the first to, you know, bring electricity to Ireland and, and, and to do rural electrification. So our DNA is very, very strong. And our DNA around, you know, how we impact society is, is very, very strong. Um, prior to the current CEO, we had uh, a CEO called Pat Darty, and he really started this ball rolling with a vengeance and did a fantastic job of communicating to us as staff um, and to the wider staff around the importance of the journey that we were on to uh, deliver, I guess, carbon-free electricity. Um, Paddy Hayes, who's our new CEO, was in about a year, and he's taken this on, and, and the net zero strategy has come out of that. And and it's it's unambiguous to every staff member what our strategy is. There's yeah. just know what it is. I think that's leadership. I think leadership is the ability to communicate clearly the strategy of the business. That's really important. Yeah. How do you implement it? Yeah. The systems and the processes and everything that we do. And I think we're on a journey. So we're signing up to science-based targets. So that whole scope one, scope two, scope three, now without going into all of that, because I think that's probably another podcast. Yeah. So, so we're signed up to this. And what we're trying to say is, okay, let's take the number. Let's figure out what we need to do in terms of our emissions, both the stuff that we, we burn ourselves or the, you know, we obviously scope two emissions for a lot of people because we sell the electricity, but also the downstream stuff, you know, how our products are used. So I think there's a real, real commitment Certainly, you're going to see, um, you know, our sustainability report becomes an ESG report. So, so we're not just focused. Yes, we're focused on the environment and energy. That's our core business. But we've we've got this DNA around the social responsibility that we have. Uh, we've always had really, really govern, good governance processes. We've been very strong in all those. Yeah. So, so I, I, I say to people, I'm, I, you know, this is an incredible place to work. This is in a place with a fantastic mission in a sector that's absolutely hopping. You know, the electrification of everything is going to go on for two decades. This is a great place to work. And, and, and I'm personally really excited about it. And I think it's my role um, to excite the people around me. Um, and I think it's their role to excite all the people who work for them. And, and I, I see that as a key part of my job is to be relentless in this education internally and, and, and creating a buzz about it. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's tremendously exciting. I think the you couldn't think of a better cause to be striving towards, in my view. And the mix of challenges you've got the financial challenge that you talk about. How do you finance um, uh, heat pumps, for example? You've got behavioural uh, science aspects to this. You've got proposition development. So you've got you've got the technology around it. You've got the whole mix of disciplines. Um, now you talked about having the commitment of the organization, but figuring out where you break, how you break this problem down, 
where you start, not where you start because you started, but where, where you focus. Um, in terms of understanding what will what will make this as much like a Nokia mobile phone, using that analogy that you you talked about earlier as possible, how to get customers leaning forward and going, oh, I really want one of them, or oh, that sounds like an, a fantastic proposition. Um, what's what keeps you awake at night most about that or how worried are you in fact about getting getting from a push market towards more of a pull market yeah so what keeps you awake at night <laughs> um well i tell you what kept me awake last night uh, was that um i was wondering had i uh, packed everything for my skiing trip that i'm going on but as i reflected on that even today you know i thought to myself my god you know i'm taking a flight you know the yeah slopes are doing so I you know I've got this awareness going on in myself thinking gosh you know is this the right thing to do and 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 who knows look that's a, a maybe a bit more um a philosophical question but what really kind of I, I've got a really curious mind so there's a couple of things that keep me awake at night the first thing right now is I'm really thinking about how do I use chat GPT <laughs> open AI to maximize the output for my team and our communications or documentation or research or whatever it is to bring it to our business that's that's really exciting um, i that's really really exciting so i'm just really looking forward to that uh, and how we could use it and um, you know i i'm always thinking about complex how do we you know take the complex and turn it into simple like you know the heat pump is is you know insulate your home and you know what does all that mean and people talk about u values and heat loss indicators and there's ber ratings it's all very complicated it's an engineer's language at the moment and it needs to be it needs to be a, a everyday consumer language yeah, exactly. And and I think the language that we're going to talk about is carbon. I, I think we're going to say, what's our carbon footprint? And I think we're going to start, you know, what's our home's carbon footprint? And, and how are we going to impact or change that? I think that's the language that we're going to start using. So, 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 you know, that's something that keeps me, that's what keeps me kind of awake. Okay. The other one that really keeps me awake was the stat I heard recently, which is 94% of all energy, heating energy in Ireland comes from fossil fuels. 94%. Yeah. The biogas, it goes higher. So so we've got this huge opportunity. Yes, you might say a challenge, but like we are, we have to change all this. So we have got to get these heat pumps in. I'm an action plan that says, you know, we'll, we'll put in a 400 retrofitted homes with heat pumps. Um, the climate action plan is a state plan. Uh, 400,000 retrofitted heat pumps um, by 2030 and all new homes will have heat pumps. So, so that's, really you know driving us that way so I, I really worry about that and then at a global one what keeps me awake at night you know so i'm, I'm it's now about 2 a.m i'm still awake <laughs> i haven't solved my first two problems and i'm still thinking about ideas and i'm, I'm writing down notes about how you know what questions i could uh, um, ask a chat gpt and i think is the scale of this challenge is sometimes daunting we've won coal power station in in Ireland, China's over a thousand, the world's over 6,000 and they're still going, how do we solve this at a global policy level? That does keep me awake at night. Yeah, that keeps me awake at night as well, Tom. Yeah, I mean, and China, China's 2060, India 2070. And how do you do the just transition for the African countries that, you know, have only got going? Um, but what focuses my mind is if we in countries like here we are in Europe, you're in Ireland, I'm in the UK, a lot of our listeners in continental Europe. If we can't make this work, 
uh, in relatively affluent countries with the right policy support, um, with customers are pretty engaged in decarbonisation. So in a way, we have a duty to make this work, to show that leadership. But can I just say something on this? And, and, and I think just talking about the African countries, what we saw happened in, in telecoms is that they jumped over the fixed line. Yeah. They, they went straight to mobile, you know, and, you know, Africa, I think the number is, is it 40, 50, 60 percent of all the global renewable energy, you know, mainly solar, hits the continent of Africa. Yet one percent of the renewable investment has happened there. Yeah. So that's just uh, that just is wrong. And and so I, I think, you know, how do we change the financial like at a policy level, a big policy level? Yeah. How do we change financial institutions? So the redirector capital, you know, the trillions of pounds that are in the pension funds. How are they actually spent in Africa getting them like economically viable? Because there's a direct correlation between electricity usage and GDP. If we deliver electricity, we get GDP growth. Same for Ireland. We deliver G- electricity, we get GDP growth. Okay, so we need to figure out a way of joining those two up. Um, and, and that's beyond the remit of my role in, in, our, in our customer solutions yeah. business. Certainly something that I think the debate is, is, is needs to accelerate on. Agree. I think that hopefully is keeping a lot of people awake at night and working hard to find ways forward with that. Um, coming back to what you said about making things simple for customers, the AI and the amount, the 94% stat that you threw out. Yeah. I agree. I think a huge amount of this is about engaging. It's the first E that you talked about, engaging customers. Yeah. Um, I think, I genuinely think, and our research backs this up, that most people want to do the right thing. They want to decarbonize. And the level of understanding of both their cur- people's current situation you know, that's not all about electricity. It's about electric consumption at the moment. It's about heating. It's about those heating fuels and what the options are, uh, taking the technology out of it, making it simple. I think that's where as as the energy industry, we've got still got a huge amount of work to do because too many of us come at this from a technological engineering point of view. Um, Within ESB, how... What's your view of that balance? Are you are you still quite technology led? Are you on that journey? Have you got your behavioral science, your marketeers fully focused on this, or is that something you'd like to do more of? Yeah, I think we have to do more on that. I, I think uh, behavioral economics um, is going to play a huge role in it. Um, and I'll tell you a little story about just me. So, you know, I have solar on my house. I've got a heat pump. So obviously I'm, I'm the bore in the corner at, uh, at, at dinner parties. But, you know, I also had a, a leaf and, you know, I remember charging it up and then I, I play golf as well. And I was, you know, driving my leaf down to the car, uh, to the uh, golf club. And I was able to say to somebody, you know, I charge this up on solar power. This car is driving on solar energy. And it really made everybody think just the fact that I said that. Yeah. And then here's a really interesting thing that I did. I came back. The sun was shining. OK. And I plugged my car in again. Now, I knew that the draw on the power from my house uh, from into the car was going to be greater than the solar panels in the roof. So I would have had to import from the grid and pay extra for it. Or I could have le- leave it to nighttime and use night rate electricity, which would have been cheaper. But emotionally, I felt this change inside me. Uh, and I really was personal where I said, no, no, I want to use the solar. I want to put the solar into my car and I don't mind if I change, if I pay a bit more. Yeah. I think if we can tap into that psychic that I mentioned before, oh. I mean, it'll be early adopters. I think that could be really really exciting 
The other bit that we, we've, we've just done some work on, and it's really interesting to look at it, is oil versus a heat pump. So if you, you know, let's say a typical bungalow in Ireland, so somebody out in the countryside on oil, today, if they use their oil, they create about four tons of carbon. Um, if you look at a heat pump today, it's about 1.7 tons of carbon. Okay, so that's four and 1.7. If you go out 20 years, that four tons of carbon stays the same. It, you know, yeah. boilers might get a little bit more efficient or whatever, but not much. A heat pump goes down to 0.2. So it goes from 1.7 down to 0.2. So 20 years out the curve, you're looking at four versus 0.2. It's so big. But do the integration, add it all up. Okay, do it all up. Over 20 years, that's 78 tons of carbon and 14 tonnes uh, from electricity from a heat pump. And I think they're the messages. And at the same time, we're actually going to save money. You can almost you can almost flip it, can't you, Tom? So you, if you flip it, does it become socially unacceptable to pump out those 78 tonnes of carbon instead of decarbonising a home and putting in a heat pump? Yeah, I, 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 you know, there's that boundary between socially unacceptable, uncomfortable, you know, and where we go. But if you look at the speed at which we need to go at, maybe there is a little bit of uncomfortableness that we need to make people feel. I, I, I wouldn't like to. I think if we if we make it socially unacceptable, we'll, we'll end up. Social unacceptability comes as a consequence of lots of positive marketing. It's not how you market, but it's a bit like, uh, I don't know, I can't pick the right analogy right now, but I'm not. I'm not suggesting we should send, set out with that message. I think by starting with the positive message, we may well reach a point where, oh, why haven't you done that? Oh, do you realise what you're doing? You know, you get that type of discussion. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's lots of ways to do this. There's direct marketing. Uh, there's training up our sales teams. Uh, there's, you know, putting messages on IVRs. There's a lots of little, you can all the social media, we have a lot of social media channels. And, and I think we need to do that just bit by bit. We need to try and, yeah. it is going to change rapidly. The grid is going to, we're going to change our generation fleet from 400 grams of carbon per kilowatt hour by 2040 down to 140. Sorry, by 2030, excuse me, down to 140 and zero by yeah. 20. So, so this message get on the curve and it's all about electrification. It's about your heating and your transport. They're the two big ones that you are really discretionary from a point of view yeah. in your home. And if we get those over the line, I think we're on our, I mean, if everybody, I've got a, so electric vehicle, solar on my roof and a heat pump. If we could get everybody to do what I have and I'm not holding myself up as, you know, um, the chosen one here, but if we could get everybody to go there, I think we would be in a really good place. Um, I think our networks colleagues need some time to catch up and build the network out. Yeah. Um, our generation need to do it. But, you know, if we can if we can say that's where we're going, there'll be another target after that. But but at least I think, you know, try and shape this and say to people, you know, live in a warm, comfortable home, you know, you know, have your house the right temperature at the right time, but knowing that it's cost efficient and it's low carbon. So there's a, there's a lot to do. Um, and I think, you know, energy efficiency also, I'll say that again, has a huge bit to play. We need to kind of, you know, block up the leaky houses. Um, when I say block up the leaky houses, I don't mean with concrete blocks. I mean with insulation and energy efficient things as opposed to, um, you know, um, yeah. put a barring yeah. order on the house. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um... So, Tom, we better bring out the talking new energy crystal ball now and uh, move towards the end. So I want to set, I think you've set a really good vision for 2040. I want to set it off to 2030 and maybe focusing in on the steepness of that push market that you talked about. Yeah. So by 2030, 
you talked about it earlier as a vertical push market today for heat pumps. How would you think you'll characterize that in 2030? Imagine we're in 2030 now. How would you answer that question? Yeah, so first of all, I don't think we'll build, uh, we'll, we'll install any more gas boilers or oil boilers. I think uh, I think that's going to be critical. So where I'd love to see it and, and Red Heat is that people have, have managed to put solar on the roof. I think that's really, really critical uh, for as many businesses as possible. Um, and, you know, we've been involved in both residential and large scale solar with SES. We've put a, a large system in for Merkshire up and down uh, behind the meter. Mm-hmm. So so I think, you know, driving around the countryside, seeing solar panels on roofs, um, you know, you'll see it in southern Germany because they've been incentivized, you know, over 10 years ago. You see all the, the, the solar. I think mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. I think that what I'd love to say is if we could if we could create a, a, a challenge for our networks colleagues so that there was so many heat pumps and and even a challenge, I think there'll be a very, very quick challenge on the supply chain, not only for heat pumps, but for the plumbers and the installers. I think that's going to be a pinch point for us because at the same time, we're trying to build new houses. We're also yeah. do retrofit, deep retrofits, but we're also trying to put in heat pumps. There's only a certain amount of resources that we're going to be able to do that and and i think that would become really critical and i think government policy on education and and training of trades uh, will become a real critical part of the integrated policy for us to get to net zero so would you describe it 2030 would you go as far as saying it's a pull market for heat pumps then or still a push market or oh no it's pull. i think the pull market will kick in before then I, 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 maybe 27. I, I'm looking, I mean, it is, as you say it's a crystal ball i i i think that's going to happen faster um, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the energy crisis has accelerated yeah. the, 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 the fact that people are having discussions around it. I mean, if you were an energy engineer, you know, five years ago, you were in the corner, you know, um, you know, and, and not probably that engaged with anybody around heat pumps. People say about the, the theory with tipping points is they always take longer to happen than people think. But when they happen, they happen a lot faster than people think. So maybe yeah. the late twenties will be that time for heat pumps. Yeah, and I think if if you look at some of this stuff, uh, you know, Tony Seba always had some good uh, diagrams around, you know, horses in in New York and then yeah. cars in New York, yeah. and I think that happens. I I think we'll it, because of the physical challenge. So everybody says, oh, you know, it'll all be sorted by technology, and what they really often think about is, well, look at the speed at which you know Apple or any of these people grow. But this is heavy hard work there's this civil this involves electrical this involves pipes through walls it's floorboard it's yeah all these things yeah like if you look at chat gpt and i go back and say it one more time you know it's kind of you know got 10 users one day and 10 million the next yeah. day in the service don't work it, it doesn't work like that in yeah. in in um in installing heavy engineering so it's a, so it's a long slog but yeah. i my prediction is this is that i think we will a bit be we will be a little bit behind in 2030 where we'd like to be but we'll be further ahead in 2040 than we think we could get to because I yeah. the time it takes that policy to kick in and the time it takes all those activities to come in, it will, it, it, it will, we don't have only, you know, six years now left or so. So I think that'll be a little bit slower, but I think that curve will, will start to really accelerate. So by the time we hit 2040, I think we'll have achieved more than we thought we would. That's my prediction. Well, so I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, Tom, your optimism has, optimism has shone through on this discussion so um, we better draw a line there thanks so much for your time and it's been great to hear about about the ESB's mission the leadership commitment your enthusiasm and how that's flowing down and permeating the whole organization as you say a lot more to do but the best of luck in continuing to drive that forward through your engagement education and enabling thank you very much
Yep, you're welcome, and thank you very much for uh, for for asking me all the questions. Um, as you can tell, I I love talking about this stuff. I think it's really important. I think the final thing I would just say is, we all have a role to play here. Um, you know, don't leave it to somebody else. Don't think because there's problems in you know other parts of the world that we can't make a difference. I think we have to make a difference, and I yep. think the key areas that we can make a difference is in education and encouraging our children and the next generation to really take up the mantle and drive this because they can change things faster than we we can. Yep. We had a term and a fantastic job on this stuff, and and I think we need that. So I would encourage people to encourage their children to 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 focus on this and do as much as they can. Completely agree, Tom. Thanks very much, and thanks as always to everyone who listened to the episode we hope you enjoyed it and uh some of the enthusiasm in the discussion has rubbed off on you around electrification as well uh thanks and look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode next week goodbye if you enjoy the podcast then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues if you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights podcast transcripts and download reports all at www.lcpdelta.com.